Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams, Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. It's Friday of Georgia, Florida week, and it's here. The, the, the wait is almost over. Uh, I know a lot of fans down in South Georgia, heck, North Georgia, North Carolina, folks are flocking to uh, to to uh, St. Simons and to the Golden Isles and to Amelia Island. It's it's an exciting time. It's obviously it's one of my favorite games to cover. Not huge on on Everbank Field or whatever the heck it's called now. I think it's Everbank Field, uh, but um, you know it's it's the food sucks in the press box and all that stuff. But they're just the, there's a different vibe around this game, and I know everybody's excited about it. And this one has a lot on the line, just like it did last year. Another top 10 matchup, the second in a row. We're going to cover it. Everything that we haven't covered thus far, we're going to cover it today. We're going to start off by talking concerns about this game for Georgia. The, the, the one area we see that Georgia must shore up going into this game or must be shored up because all the hay's in the barn, we're going to do like we do every week and discuss a veteran and a youngster that we think has a chance to really stand out for Georgia in this game. And at the end of the show, we're going to make our picks. We talked about our leans earlier uh, this week, but we're going to make our official picks at the end of the show. And uh, but as we get going with that, Rusty, Kip, uh, what's going on, guys? How's it going? And I guess I'll start with you, Rusty. Just ready for this game. Um, survived Halloween, uh, a rainy Halloween. So, um, you know, you get past this, you get past that point, and you look at November, these five games for Georgia, uh, it's hard to believe we're in November already. I mean, it seems like we're in SEC media days and just a few weeks ago. But you know, this you start into November here with these five games, uh, and just so important. But it all starts with this game right here. And you know, I, I I probably have text Kip more times this week than I ever have since the day we've ever worked together. And I've told him every day, Kip, this is a huge game. Kip, this is a huge game. I know Kip's getting tired of hearing that, uh, but this is a huge game. Uh, for Kirby Smart, for this program, uh, you know, for for Georgia Bulldog fans, for their perception, kind of where they're at, they have been the big dogs in the East. They lost the South Carolina game that, you know, that we'll probably talk about for many many years that game, but they're still the big dogs in the East until somebody knocks them off right now. And 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 this game is just so big to say, hey, we're still those guys. We're recruiting well. Uh, we we kind of cleaned up some things beat Florida and we're heading into a, a month with some big games. So just kind of looking forward to, you know, how big a game this is. This is fun to, to watch these. Um, and, uh, it's just a, it's a big time game, man. Yeah. It takes to me anything, man. No, nah, we leave yeah. you. We letting you work. <laughs> yeah. You had not sent me anything, man. I kind of feel bad about that. Oh man. You know, it's a big game cause he's been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> We're letting you have your time, man. Practice being closed, but I mean, honest to God, I've sent Kip one probably every day. Like Kip, this is this is a huge game. And it Kip is, probably- man. There, there's no doubt about that. You nailed that one. What's going on with you, Kip? Well, uh, I'm, you know, just collecting uh, my breath here after that that Trey Young injury the other night. Uh, you know, I, I, we can't have nice things in Atlanta sports, and so we. The Hawks got off of that two and zero start. And, you know, I was I was riding high. I thought this is it. The dynasty is here. He sprained that ankle, and and I was like, you know, the highs and the lows here. I thought that was it. Great, and just a you know an ankle sprain. You know, might be back next week. 
So right back in that mid-level range of uh, excited about the future of that team. And, uh, you know, it's it's a big month, man. I'm just thinking about it. I was thinking about it the other day, you know, depending on how the outcome of Saturday's game goes, obviously, but Georgia's got a chance to have three CBS games, you know, SEC game of the week in, in the month of November. And I'm just trying to think, you know, is that something that, that's – that's common. You know, how often does that happen? You know, it, I mean, you look at the slate you, and, and that, that Georgia Auburn game, you know, I, I, I look at the other SEC matchups that week and, and it does point to, you know, Georgia being the marquee matchup that week. And then that, that Texas A&M game, it's a, it's a really tough slate that week in the SEC. I think LSU has Arkansas, you know, that's probably projected to be a pretty lopsided affair. So, Depending on how Saturday goes, I mean, three SEC games or CBS games in one month would be uh, would be something else, and obviously that'd be you know great opportunity to to pitch that free CBS All Access, uh, you know the the access to that for our twenty four seven sports subscribers they get now the addition of that to that membership it, it couldn't come at a better time for Georgia fans to be able to to potentially be able to to stream those games whether on their phone or on their TV you know three times in a month uh, is a great addition to the already robust VIP membership so that was an easy plug there but that was just something I was thinking about probably doesn't happen too often and not something I remember just happening as far as the Georgia kickoff times and games go um, but uh you know other than that I'm just you know, catching up on some Star Wars, rewatching the entire series, preparing for that episode nine, Rise of the Skywalker, by watching everything again, the good and the bad, the prequels, you know, the the OG trilogy, and, and everything in between, just to uh, to get ready for that last movie. Because you know, when December nineteenth rolls around and I'm in that theater watching it, uh, you know, that's it. You know, that's that last time of that storyline the last time you'll be able to see a movie like that in the theater for the first time and it's just uh it's just crazy i mean just crazy how that that movie franchise has gone from 77 to now just captivating everyone and myself included so i'm already excited for that i definitely got my tickets the second they went on sale during that monday night football game actually i think it was like 10 minutes before halftime they went on sale early so it was that mad dash to get on fandango and make sure i got the the seats that I wanted to get, the IMAX theater that I can get, just you know, that's the kind of nerd that I am. Just making sure I have those premier seats to watch that. But I mean, it's a it's an exciting time right now. Some big time football games and some uh, you know some big time movies coming down the coming down the road. For the Man, record, I can't, for the I record can't. I'm pumped about Frozen too. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> that's a big deal at my house. I can just tell you right now. Yeah, it's gonna be a big deal. In my house, me and Rusty both have four-year-olds, so uh, I'm sure it's going to be a big deal for both of them. Y'all, it's it's November first, man. I I can't believe it. I it feels like yesterday. It was the day after the Sugar Bowl. I'm sitting in Harris Casino at a blackjack table, uh, having be, having already been in New Orleans for a week. I'm 350 bucks down, and I'm. You know, I went with a budget of 400 and I'm like, all right, final 50, let's roll. Got even money before I left, won all my money back, went to Pierre Mastero's, got me a, a, a bowl of jambalaya and got on a plane and left. So it seems like that was yesterday, but it, it was it was officially 10 months ago. 
And that just that blows my mind. We're almost to the end of, of you know, 2019. I can't believe all of a sudden here in about 60 days, we're going to be talking about 2020. Uh, just, man, this year has just flown by. This college football season's flown by. It always does. And I never get used to it. I just, I just don't. And, and uh, you know, there's still a lot of football left to be played, but not really. You know, we, we're still half over halfway through the season, but a big one coming up for here for Georgia and Florida, obviously. And and we talked about it on the last show. Uh, everything on the line for these two teams in terms of their preseason goals, and and especially the case for a Georgia team that came into the season with some super high expectations. And Rusty, uh, gonna go to you first, man. Uh, your concern for Georgia in this game. If you had to put your one thing, one uh, your finger on one thing that you think this is what you know, this is what can cause Georgia to falter in this game. What what would you what would it be? The the inability to get off the line of scrimmage and not win battles against Florida's DBs because they've got they've got dudes now. Um, you know, and and we talked about it on the podcast the other night. I talked about you know Will Muschamp kind of putting out that blueprint of, you know, they manned up those guys and, and and they gave Georgia a problem. Now, no disrespect to South Carolina, but Florida's DBs are better, uh, in my opinion. I'm a real big fan of uh, C.J. Henderson and Kyer Elam. Uh, I think the Trey Dean uh, is a guy that's played well. You know, he, he struggles a little bit, you know, kind of with his top-end speed, so – he hasn't played. He's he started a lot of games, and they've they've played him a lot lately. I'm not sure he's starting again, but um, you know, I just I just think that you know from Georgia's side, they they've got to get they've got to win some of those battles because Todd Grantham's going to bring the pressure, and he's going to leave his guys at times on an island. And you know, Jake, we've both mentioned it a couple times in this podcast. We've talked about it last year. A couple of those third down balls that Jake Fromm threw last year to the one in the end zone to, to Jeremiah Holloman was just a, was just a dime. I mean, it was just perfect. You could not throw a better ball. Uh, he's going to need to do some of that, and they're going to have to get some separation to uh, to 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 make that thing happen. So I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's simple. I mean, it's not we're not rocket science here. I mean, Georgia's wide receivers have got to win some battles this weekend. They have got to get separation and get off some coverage for, the, for these guys, or it could be a long day for Georgia. Get what, what's kind of your your concern in that area? Well, I think it's clear that Kyle Trask has you know his ability to to kind of take that next step and become a dependable part of that offense, uh, the leader of that offense. It, it really does. I mean, boils down to Kyle Pitts at tight end, and we've seen in previous games the tight end position, talented guys, Cole Komet at Notre Dame, obviously right is the one that stands out can give georgia problems in coverage and, and so when you have mark webb you got devod wilson out there i mean devod started out the season playing you know it's it's been kind of spotty i mean he was a guy that we you know we're real high on coming in the year and you know he, he has been up and down uh, you know now granted he's he's been good getting his hand on the ball here and there but there's been some coverage lapses and, you know, him and Mark Webb are going to be tasked with with basically trying to shut down Florida's number one off, offensive weapon in Kyle Pitts, a guy that really, you know, is is played exceptionally well in the passing game and, and has really been, you know, that, that guy that 
that Kyle Trask can depend on. I think he's caught close to 70% of his targets. You know, a guy that's caught four touchdown passes and a guy that can really be a difference maker in this game, a game that on paper does look to be pretty close based on how both teams have played this year. So, you know, I, I think that's kind of that that position I'm watching because I think that while, you know, again, I think Mark Webb has played fairly well and Devon has too. It's still an, a, a spot where I think Florida will try to attack Georgia and, and, and test them as far as trying to get the ball downfield and, and uh, you know, move the chains on third down, but also, I mean, just open things up and try to crack open a big player to see if he can break a tackle and, and have a big game. So, you know, that's something that, you know, from Georgia, I'm trying to scheme around that a little bit. You know, uh, I don't know if, uh, if they're going to have Tay Crowder on them as well, but it, it's it's definitely something to watch and something that, again, just seeing that Notre Dame game and seeing, you know, how Cole was really able to, to, to really carry the Notre Dame offense for most of that game. I, I think Florida could be looking to try to do something similar in the passing game on Saturday as well because the run game, you know, it does it on paper look to be something that they're going to be able to really exploit against Georgia. You know, it's interesting that you say that because it's going to lead right into what I'm going to talk about. And, you know, Dan Mullen is a good offensive coach. Now, if you you can have your opinions on on the jabs he's taken at Georgia and – you know, just some of the things, the fact that Florida hasn't recruited at elite level, all that stuff. But with two weeks to prepare, and I understand he had two weeks to prepare in last year's game as well. You know, my my biggest concern for Georgia in this game would be him getting creative and finding a way to get that ground game going early. Because if he can, there's no doubt in my mind that Georgia can adjust to it and – and, you know, kind of shut it down because I just – I think that's a bad matchup from Florida's end. But if they're able to get it going early, it could be kind of – it could be very difficult on the Georgia defense because if they get some sort of play action established, Kyle Pitts becomes that much more dangerous. And I've already talked about how it's going to be a full team effort, defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs. They're going to have to run different guys at him. They're going to have to to jam him at the line of scrimmage with linebackers and defensive linemen, team effort. But he becomes really effective when they get the play action going. It makes their RPO game go. And uh, and I just think that is the one thing I, I look at is if Dan Mullen pulls the right strings and, and gets this run game going, you know, this offensive line ha- hasn't been great this year. And I think it's an area where Georgia can exploit it. But I also think it's an area where they can get better during the, during the bye week, and and I don't see I see Georgia's defensive line is really solid, really technically sound, some really good run stuffers up there, but it's not dominant. It's not how are you going to get these guys blocked because that's just not kind of that's not really the way they're built. That's it's a by committee type thing, and I think if Florida gets that run game going, it becomes a little bit of a long day for Georgia's defense and in a very hairy situation there, even if Georgia plays well from there on out. And and I think it really opens stuff up in the passing game. Uh, on the other side, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break here. On the other side, we're going to talk about uh, our picks to click kind of in this game, youngster and a, uh, a, a veteran that we think are going to play well in this game. And we're going to make our picks. But before we do that, Let's let these folks have their time and, and read their ads, and we'll come back to you on the other side. 
All right, Rusty, picks to click. Give me a, a an old timer and a young timer. Um, you know the 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 tape this this week will be huge for Z- Jabari Zaninga Zaninga and um, Jonathan Grenard, uh, a guy that you know me and Kip both covered. Uh, you know, one kid from Sprayberry and one kid from Hiram High School. You know, up in up in Cobb County, two two players. Um, that um, you know were kind of under the radar and didn't know if they were going to develop, and they wind up developing. Happens all the time. I'm interested in seeing Andrew Thomas, what he does, because we don't talk enough about him. I don't think Georgia – I mean, I do think Georgia fans appreciate him, but I don't think they really understand that he just doesn't get beat. I mean, he shuts down people. This guy is getting projected as a top four or five guy. I think Andrew Thomas – is a guy that's going to play well. They're going to need him to play well. Um, I think he's going to play well and show, uh, you know, the NFL scouts that he's that guy uh, that everybody thinks he is. And I just, just really, uh, I'm very interested in the matchup for those guys uh, just to see those defensive ends uh, go go head to head with with Isaiah Wilson as well. But uh, Andrew Thomas, I think, is a guy that is going to uh, just just have a really good game and. You know, that should help. That should help offense because, you know, Jake Fromm is – you got to know, um, you know, when you snap the ball that you're pretty good shape from behind, man, because you, you got a, a, an elite athlete, uh, offensive tackle behind you covering your blind side, which is it, – it's, it's, it's invaluable as a quarterback and mentally. So, are we giving a young one now too or – Yeah, go we, ahead and throw it at me. Um. I'm going to say, and, and um, it's hard to, uh, I'm going to say George Pickens. I think George Pickens continues to get targets. I think with Lawrence Cager back in the, in the, in the uh, I think with Lawrence Cager back into the lineup, you're going to see a lot of focus on him. You're going to see a lot of probably coverages and make sure they're going to, you're going to know where Lawrence Cager is at all times because Grantham knows that. Uh, Jake Fromm is a really good back shoulder throw uh, passer. And, you, you know, Cager, you look at that Tennessee game, look, a couple he caught in Notre Dame, those games where he took advantage of that. And he's, you know, big guy, 6'5, 220. He's a big dude when you see him in person. I mean, that's the first thing you think, man, this guy's legit 6'5. Uh, so he's a problem. But, you know, when you start looking at all that focus and all that, you really don't talk about George Pickens, who got a lot of targets and, you know, uh, you know, even though they didn't throw the ball much against Kentucky, he was the guy they were kind of getting the targets to. So I think you're going to see a little bit more of that with Pickens. I think he's going to make a play or two this weekend. And um, I, I think that, that because, because this is the game of the week, let's be honest. I, I know that they're, they're that college game days in another place, but the Saturday 3.30 game this weekend will be the game of the day. The entire country will watch it. And I think people that may not know who Pickens is uh, will probably know who he is uh, Saturday afternoon. Kip, young timer, old timer, what you got? All right. Well, I, I had a very strong feeling which direction Rusty was going to go with his uh his old timer, <laughs> and it, and it, and it's a great pick, and, and I like it a lot. But for me, old timer, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Demetrius Robertson. I, I think oh, that, you dirty dog! Uh, I wow. think that you, you look at you know again healthy and playing. You know, playing sneaky well. I mean, he's, I think he's caught close to 80% of the targets that have been thrown his way. And, and again, playing when he's getting those 
those snaps in the slot and he's matched up against Trey Dean, a guy that Rusty and I did cover, a guy that has great size, but a guy that, again, as far as that explosiveness, it offers Demetrius a chance to really kind of exploit it and, and, and get some big plays. I just like that matchup a lot. I, I think it's one where uh, Robertson can really, again, in a game where everyone's looking for Georgia, have that explosiveness on offense. I think that Demetrius has the capability uh, of bringing that. I mean, again, if he's fully healthy, I think he, he can stretch the field. He's not going to give him that Michael Harmon kind of speed because few players have that, and that's why he's doing it on Sundays and making such a big impact for the Kansas City Chiefs already. But he, he but again, he's still, he still can stretch the field and be a vertical threat for Georgia, and it's something they've sorely needed. And I think that against when he's lined up in this, again, the snaps against Trey Dean, I, I, I like his chances there to make a big play or two for Georgia. And in clutch moments, I, I think he has the capability of doing that. And I think this is an opportunity for him to kind of improve his stock a little bit. I mean, he came in as that former five-star. He had had a big freshman season at Cal. And everyone had been looking at him to kind of carry the torch on that offense and be that big guy for Georgia. I think this is the kind of game that can kind of help him in that regard and kind of, you know, make him more of a national name as well. And for me, a youngster, if I'm looking at matchups, you know, I, I like Nolan Smith. I think if you're looking at Georgia, they need to they need to get to the quarterback. They need to get to Kyle Trask and affect him. And I think Florida – their offensive line, it's its not a strength of the team right now. And I think you really look at that right tackle, Gene DeLance. He's a guy that has struggled in pass protection this season so far. And, and I think with Nolan, I mean, hes he's got like 12 quarterback pressures. He's got three sacks. He's hit the quarterback a couple times. You know, you match up against that right tackle. I think it's something that Georgia can really exploit because uh, Gene is a guy that has allowed a lot of quarterback pressures this year, almost 20, I believe. He's allowed four sacks. So that is something that really, you know, again, if Georgia doesn't have to blitz to get pressure, I mean, it's it's going to be a great day for them. And it's going to, on the flip side, help that secondary. I mean, if, you know, if, if the quarterback's getting affected early, he's going to make some bad throws. It's going to create some opportunities for, for Georgia DBs and linebackers to come up with a big turnover. And, and again, it might not show up in the sack column, but if no one is affecting Kyle early and often, you know, it's going to be a long day for Florida's offense. It's really going to help them get off the field early and drive. So that, that's the guy that I'm really looking to, to, uh, to have a big game, whether he's matched up against Gene or whether he's matched up against Stan Forsyth at left tackle. You know, Stan's been, his play has been up and down as well. Uh, he he's allowed over 15 quarterback pressure uh, hurries as well. He's allowed a couple sacks. So just like Georgia, offensively on the offensive line, you know their their left and right tackle have been playing at a pretty high level and are very talented. And I look at Florida's offensive line, and it's something that's still kind of a question mark heading into this game Saturday. Yep, yeah, Jake, you guys probably remember last year Georgia took two shots at trading. Now they didn't complete those two long balls, but they tried to run by him. And in his defense, he made a couple of plays. One was not a uh, – I can't remember what the play was. I'll go back and look. But I remember thinking, Georgia scouted Trey Dean very, very hard. We all know 
that Trey Dean wanted to be in that Georgia class. They they went on with someone else, uh, but they took some shots. So like Kip, that's a very good um, guy for Kip. Um, and really think about that angle, but Demetrius Robertson is that guy that can knock the top off coverage uh, with his speed. So be real interested to see when they get Trey Dean ISOed, do they take some shots at him, some deep shots? Because you know uh, they probably think they can they can get him maybe athletically. We'll see. Trey Dean's hold his own uh, for most times what I've seen him play. Yeah, I think that's a great pick, and it's who I was going to go with too because – if you look back at last year in Georgia's offense, I, I think that a lot of teams were scared to death of Miko Hardman in the slot on that slot fade that Georgia's run a few times this year with not much success. He hit Alabama with it in the national championship game for 80 yards. He hit uh, he hit South Carolina with it one time last year. I know he had a big catch against Auburn. Uh, he, he had another one where he was wide open and, and didn't haul it in. He only had a couple drops last year, and that was one of them. So I think that's a great pick. I'm going to go and, and listen, <clears throat> I have already kind of outlined Jake Fromm's success against Todd Grantham defenses, uh, 26 of 36, 441 yards and five touchdowns in two career games against Todd Grantham, one in Mississippi State in 2017, one against Florida last year. <clears throat> but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go with another Georgia offensive player that has had a lot of success against Todd Grantham. And I know this is the, the equivalent of picking a one versus a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament. I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift because DeAndre Swift in two career games against Todd Grantham defenses has 22 carries for 173 yards and a touchdown. And uh, last year had 12 for 104 and a touchdown. As a freshman, had 10 for 69 against Mississippi State. Uh, he's, he's caught, uh, you know, three passes, uh, three passes for 21 yards. I think that the passing game is where he's going to have his biggest impact in this game because I just Swift is 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 a talented pass catcher. He's a matchup issue. He's Georgia's equivalent of like a Kyle Pitts in the passing game because there's really nobody you can put on him who can cover him because unlike a a, a tight end. Uh, you can't put a safety or defensive back on him, really, because you got to have somebody close to the line of scrimmage. You've got to cover him with a linebacker. Uh, and if you do cover him with a safety, you're kind of sacrificing something deep. And so I think that, that DeAndre Swift has a chance to really pop in this game. And, and, and you know, I know, newsflash, breaking news, whatever. But but Kip stole mine, so I have to go there. Uh, I was going to go with Demetrius Robertson. On the young side, love both of y'all's picks. I think, I mean, I, I could not agree more. Uh, and, and I'm kind of bouncing back and forth uh, but, but between the offense and the defensive side. And, and I'm going to settle on, on – uh, I'm going to settle on – see, I'm sitting here second-guessing myself. Now, I kind of want to go with N'Kobe Dean, but I'm going to go with Dominic Blaylock. And I'm going to go with Dominic Blaylock because I think that when you – I know fans have been upset with it. They've been upset with the little quick passes to the flat. They've been upset with the quick screens, and I get it. It, it When those things get stuffed, it is frustrating. You're talking two-yard loss, momentum lost, all of that stuff. But the one guy who has been super successful in that area for Georgia this year has been Dominic Blaylock. And I think that's something that Georgia has more than likely worked on really hard these past two weeks is the perimeter blocking. I think Dominic Blaylock's going to get an opportunity. He's a hard guy to tackle. It's not like he's is an elite, 
you know, uh, elusive guy in terms of his ability to shake defenders. He's got that to his game, but he's just tough to get on the ground. He's a strong kid. He runs like a running back when he catches the football. And I think he's a guy that, they, that can really come up with some big plays in this game. I'm not necessarily looking at him at seven catches for 140 yards or anything like that, but I do think he makes some big ones. I think he makes some big third down catches, some 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 big on you know second down grabs where where he gets Georgia in some third and short situations. Uh, I like his ability to catch and run, and I think he's going to make a play. And it's not going to surprise me at all if Georgia gets something going with him in the punt return game because Georgia had a they got him a little room against Kentucky and they got a, a illegal block. I know Kirby Smart hasn't been very happy with the return game and what they've got what they've got going there. So I think that 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 they may try to scheme something up and get Dominic Blaylock free for a punt return in this one because, uh, you know, he he's a weapon and and he's a guy that can kind of help Georgia out on the offensive side. <laughs> All right, guys, it's time to make our picks. We gave our uh, gave our we- our leans on uh, midweek. I almost said weans, leans midweek, but I'm uh, gonna start with you, Kip. How's this game going to go, and what's your pick for the final score? I don't expect it to be a highly efficient affair, that's for sure. I think that uh, you look at Florida's defense, I mean, they're definitely strong enough to keep this game close and tight. I I think that, it's it's, again, it's a a solid team overall. I think really the key has been that development of Kyle Trask. I I think him hitting, you know, close to – 70% 70% of his passes in in his last five games. I mean, he's had four four games where he's thrown for over 200 yards. He's established himself as being a guy that can win a game any weekend against any SEC opponent. And, you know, for, for Georgia, it's, uh, you know, they don't need to get caught up in, in style points. I mean, they don't need to get caught up in, in, in what's being said about the offense, the downfield passing game. And they don't need to think about that loss to South Carolina. I, I think that it, they need to focus on coming out of this game with a win. And I think, you know, establishing a strong rushing attack, being creative in that regard, and the offensive line play, especially on the interior, is is the key to Georgia winning this football game. I think Georgia's defense uh, is rock solid right now. And, uh, that run defense isn't letting anything happen. I think Florida's rushing attack, we've talked about how it's not considered a strength, but, I mean, they've still been able to get close to 140 yards, if not that many, against Kentucky, against LSU, against South Carolina, against Auburn. You know, they they, they can sneak up on you a little bit in that regard. And, and like you said, Jake, I think that Dan Mullen is very creative. I mean, he can get Josh Hammond in there on a long play, you know, LaMichael P. Ryan, he can he can get him the ball for a big game. They, they can break a big play open on you if, you if you're not careful, and that really is where Georgia, you know, needs to be really cognizant of is is what offensive looks Dan Mullen's going to show them. But it's still Georgia's game to, to win. I think, you know, they don't turn the ball over. They have long, methodical drives. They control that clock. And, and again – Big game for Rodrigo Blankenship to, to you know, the shine once again. I think he's going to have several opportunities, you know, in that red zone to, to put points on the board for Georgia. You know, I see the Bulldogs coming out with with the win. I got them thirty to twenty three. Rusty, what's your pick, man? 
um, on August 1st, I did my season predictions. I predicted Georgia to win 27 to 23. Uh, on that breakdown, I basically said this game comes down to quarterback play. It comes down to Jake Fromm versus Felipe Franks. Uh, you know, with Franks out, obviously with Trask, uh, things have went well for Florida. Uh, he has been um, surprising, I would say. But uh, for whatever reason, I mean, it's 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 been a good uh, fit for for Trask getting into that starting role uh, and, and playing. So, you know, I look at this game and we start talking about making plays and um, that that type of thing. And I think Jake Fromm is is uh, you know. You read the stats, you know, Jake Fromm against Todd Grantham has been, it's been really, really good. Um, you know, I wonder how Grantham, what, how he's going to attack him or if he's going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to hang out a little bit here. We're going to make you drive the field. You know, it's going to be real interesting how they play Georgia there. Now I think, you know, I'm, I'm the guy on the board and I have been for years just the way I am. I'm, I'm that guy that, you know, when you think you're going to beat a team 40 to nothing, I, I say it's going to be a game. You know, it's going to be a game for three quarters because most times it is. You know, just don't blow teams out. I don't really have a lot of basis behind this. I just feel like that Georgia's heard enough about what they're not and what they haven't done as a team. And I think it really lights a fire into them and they play with what they've got, what they can do. Uh, I just feel like Georgia is going to win this game. I feel like they're going to be, um, you know, Kirby Smart. You know, look, we, we can talk about the rest of the show or the rest of the year. Him and Dan Mullen, there's no love loss. Trick plays, everything's going to come out of the book. The last two years, the very first play of the game, last two years has been a trick play. So that kind of tells you what's going on there. I like, I like Georgia to physically – take this game over, uh, I would say, in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think that, you know, Kip talked about some of the things with the pass. I love the Nolan Smith pick. Uh, and and I think some pressures on Trask, who's going to make some really good throws. Uh, he's going he's to give Georgia some problems. But uh, I just like – I think Georgia's going to take this game over in the fourth quarter. It's going to be a hell of a game. It's going to be back and forth. Um, you know, Georgia's got, a, a you know, a great kicker in Rodrigo. So, Blankenship – Jake Cremata, can he can he flip the field? You know, special teams is going to be big in this game, and um, he's kind of you know hasn't been very consistent uh, throughout the year. So, all that being said, I just feel like Georgia has heard enough about who they're not, and I think everybody's going to see uh, what 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 Georgia fans were excited about going into the year. I think you're going to see who they are. Um, again, August first, I picked at twenty seven twenty three. I'm going to go. I'm going to go uh, 27-17. I think Georgia's defense is going to play lights out. Uh, this is going to be a very close game all the way, probably to the midway of the fourth quarter. and A late touchdown pulls this thing apart. I've gone in circles on this game this week because I started the week thinking I really like Georgia in this game. Said when we gave our uh, midweek leans that uh, I felt like uh, – you know that that Florida was probably my slight favorite, and uh, I still felt that way uh, Thursday. Uh, but I don't know why. I've just kind of gotten a different feeling. I think it's got a little bit to do with what you said, Rusty, about this team hearing 
about what they're not, about this team kind of being able to play the disrespect card. And, and you know, you, you can talk about everything that goes on during a week. And these players don't look at the point spread and things like that. They, but they do hear the noise. And they can talk about how they block it out all they want, but they're scrolling Twitter. They're liking their highlights and things like that. They know what's going on, and they know who has told, who has said they can't win this game. Uh, but I, I think that, that, that this Georgia team has a legitimate reason to feel disrespected. I think there's a legitimate reason to disrespect Georgia right now. That South Carolina loss was bad. Bad. You lose by by th- you know you you you're, you're favored by three scores and you lose at home. It's bad, and you've got a lot to come back from from there. You've dug yourself in a hole, and I think Georgia starts to dig herself out of that hole on on Saturday. Uh, I picked Georgia to kind of run away with the Notre Dame game this early or earlier this year, and and kind of got a little egg on my face for that. Georgia still won, ended up being right about the win, whatever. But I thought Georgia was going to kind of control that game, and against my better judgment, I'm going with that again. And it's not because I don't think Florida's good. I think Florida's a good football team. I think Dan Mullen, any question there is, any reason Georgia fans want to make fun of Dan Mullen, you can. It's fun. It's always fun to poke fun at the opposing coach. But he is an excellent football coach. And he's proven that this year. Lost his starting quarterback. Second guy comes in. He's got him coached up and ready to play. You can make the argument all day long about why wasn't that guy playing to begin with. Whatever. He got both of them ready. And he uses another one, too. So he's done a really good job with this football team. And and they're not as talented as Georgia yet. Many think that they have a chance to beat Georgia. I think Georgia controls this game. I think it starts with the line of scrimmage. And I think it's very similar to last year's game. Where, yeah, they trade some blows for a while. But it it becomes apparent late third, early fourth that Georgia's just the more talented football team. One thing I do like in Georgia's favor in this game is their ability to create a turnover with Kyle Trask because Kyle Trask has placed one really really disruptive defense this year, one defense that was good front to back, and that was Auburn, and he turned it over three times. LSU not so much. They've had their holes defensively give up 38 points to Vanderbilt. Uh, but I, I really believe that that Georgia is going to force some turnovers. They've done that in the past two cap cocktail parties, and I think they're going to do it again Saturday. Uh, I've had a hard time coming up with a score, but I think Georgia's defense, just like you, Rusty, I think Georgia's defense comes out and plays really, really well. I'm going to go twenty. Uh, I'm going to go twenty-seven thirteen in this one because I think Georgia it just plays that well defensively. I think they really play well in the red zone. That's, that's kind of a departure from what we've seen from Georgia defenses in the past under Kirby Smart, that they've been better uh, basically between the 20s and they have in the red zone. Teams have been able to run it in the lower red area against Georgia, but but teams haven't been able to do that this year. And I think that's where Florida is really going to struggle is that run game against Georgia on a condensed field. Georgia forces a couple field goals. It's a low score and a fair early. Georgia scores a couple times late and kind of pulls away with it. And that's the way I'm. 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 I'm that's my. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it, as uh, as Colin Ray would say, old uh, country music guy. But uh, any final thoughts before this one? Before uh, before I head to Jacksonville. No landing. No landing. <laughs> oh, good. You know I'm not going to the landing. I'm too old for that. Well, that's done. There's no the landing's no longer oh, there. It's gone. I, it's I would gone. never know. I've never been. So I, I'm, but I'm 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 Danny Glover and Lethal Weapon anyway, man. I'm too old for that. <laughs> well, 
Well, you know, it, I've been several times, and and that, that's part of you know. I went in college days and won a couple of times. The last game I went, well, I think it was 2012. That was a Michael Mitchell uh, touchdown catch late in the fourth. Um, but you know, great environment. You know, I just just it's, it's probably I know it's different with you working. Uh, where are you staying? You staying in Amelia, Jacksonville? I'm sta- no, I'm staying. Uh, I stay near the airport. I got to get in my Hilton properties. I'm staying at Double Tree. Going to go get me a cookie. Yeah, you. Uh, What's the Friday night like for you? Dinner? Who are you going out with? Uh, dinner? Not, not sure yet. Not sure what what the plans are. I, I like to go to Two Dude Seafood on Atlantic Beach. It's really good. Go get me some raw oysters. Eat about three dozen with some with some uh, horseradish cocktail sauce, a little extra horseradish in it. Big fan of that. There you go. Uh, here, I've heard about a good restaurant down there called Valley Smoke that I want to try out. So I might go there. I always the tradition though is after the game, I always go to Taco Lou. Uh, right before you uh, get to Jacksonville Beach on the bridge, right after you get to uh, cross the bridge to get on to Jacksonville Beach, ten dollar taco. It doesn't cost ten dollars; it's five dollars, but it's a filet mignon taco. Give wow. me a couple of those, a uh, couple of beers, good stuff. <laughs> Save travels, my man. We need you next week. Get back. <laughs> I approve of that message. I approve of that message, Jake. <laughs> you, you're 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 in on the filet mignon tacos. Yeah, that's definitely what I was talking about. all right everybody well we'll see you guys after this game sunday night we're going to cover it front to back and uh for you guys sake you know maybe it goes well and uh like i said we'll have it covered one way or the other but for this episode of the junkyard Dogcast, i'm jake rowe with dogs 24 7 they're kip adams and rusty mansell and uh we'll catch up with you guys later on